As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to Laz and Powers. This is Scott Powers of The Athletic with Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. Mark, hello. It's snowing again, Scott. It's what? It's snowing again? It's, it's snowing again. I'm really getting tired of this. You know, I, I blame... I've, I've actually been just... I haven't told you, but, I, but every time it fucking snows, I'm, I'm usually cursing you out because you're the one like, oh, it hasn't <laughs> snowed. I, I I haven't used my snowblower. It's, I can't wait. This will be fun. Oh, and, yeah, this, is. this shit isn't fun. It's never no. fun. The monkey paw curled, and now I have to do it. I use the snowblower literally every single day for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, no, I, I hope stop. it stops snowing in Chicago and just snows on you every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening right now, so it seems to be working. I think you could just collateral damage from my uh, from my monkey's paw wish. I know. I just they, they they didn't come pick up the garbage this week because they, they couldn't access the dumpsters behind the gondo. Like I had to call and find out. Like why weren't you here? Like there's just same thing I, with us. It took it took them three weeks to get the recycling because of the big snow a couple of weeks ago. And there's just cardboard boxes just strewn about the alley. You know, it's just. It's lovely times. Ah, oh, man. Like, I don't um, care about the cold. The cold doesn't bother me. When it's minus 20 wind chill, doesn't bother me in the slightest. I've had enough of the snow. You're like Elsa. The cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it, it's the snow plus the the cold. Like, when it all comes together, it's just, it's, the, this this week's supposed to be bad, too. It's supposed to get really fucking yeah. cold, though. Look, I mean, it's, it, the, the, the cold is, you, 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 you choose to live in Chicago, you're going to have some cold winters, but... The the snow is just getting obnoxious at this point. How about Saturday? Negative eight, and that's not even with a wind chill. Like that's a low of negative eight. That's insane. I was once in uh, Edmonton, and it was minus forty five degrees actual temperature. Celsius oh, and Fahrenheit had merged. They were the same number. 
That's when you get to that. That's what the Canadians told me. It's like when our when our number is the same as your number, you're fucked. I, I whenever it gets like this and it's just like it's brutal to go outside. Like I, I just think of the people who decided to, you know, like they, this is the plan that they were going to keep and hold on to. Like I just I would have kept on moving. You know. <laughs> well, it might be cold outside, but you know who's red hot, Scott? The Chicago Blackhawks. That's my yeah. Best, this is uh, that's my best radio guy transition. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. You have you have done some radio. Hey, yeah, here we are. Blackhawks winning games, uh, winning games in a row, playing um, playing better. Yeah, certainly from the start. Um, yeah, it's it's entertaining hockey, right? Like it's uh, like well, some of the games are entertaining. Some of those <laughs> some of this last series hasn't it wasn't exactly entertaining, but it's they're playing they're playing competitive hockey and they're in games and um, you know it is it is interesting. Every all these games are going to overtimes and. And I guess that's also why we're seeing some inflated ice times with with some of these guys. But um, yeah, it's been it's 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 it's. I guess we went back to a podcast two weeks ago, and then oh look, they won you know six six to last ten or whatever it is. It's yeah, it's just and uh, something that we didn't expect, considering especially the start and considering what we saw this team as was on paper. Well, it's crazy on so many levels. I mean, you just start going through the numbers. They have one regulation loss in their last eleven games. Certainly didn't see that coming after they started 0-3 and looked awful doing it. Uh, They gave up 19 regulation goals in their first four games. They've given up 18 regulation goals in the 10 since. So they're they're locking things down here uh, and really playing that kind of slower pace, you know, uh, safer style of game than that risk-reward they've played for years. Kevin Lankin is playing Vezina-level hockey right now. I mean, he's he's one of the two or three best goalies in the league so far this season, statistically and eye test-wise. He's been brilliant. Subban's been great his last couple of times. Um, it, it's really weird because, like, the big question is here is how much of this is just, you know, flukiness and and how much of it is real? I mean, they've take, they took seven out of eight points in four games against Carolina and Dallas. Those are Stanley Cup contenders. Carolina's a legit contender. Um, a, a nightmare matchup in theory because they're so fast and big. And Dallas won the conference last year. So they're a legit team, and they were playing great to start the season after their COVID uh, hiccup. So y- 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 it's hard to... Like, are the Blackhawks good? That's the question right now. Are they, are they just competitive, or are they potentially good? I, I tend to think still that... They're competitive. Like I, I look at the five on five numbers, and when I look at that Carolina series, where um, certainly having a good power play is, is an effective ingredient to winning. Um, and, and the Blackhawks, both sides, the special teams have been pretty good. I don't think they can score at this clip, you know, consistently. Eventually, you need some five on five scoring, and, and that's right. still an area. I mean, uh, with the last two games, I don't think they scored a single five-on-five goal, did they? Well, here, here, let, let, let me throw a couple more numbers out. I was just looking this up. They're a bottom third team in terms of expected goals percentage. They're a bottom yeah. third team in high-danger chances percentage. They're a bottom third team in Corsi. But they're also dead last in five-on-five shooting percentage. Their PDO is like 97 like they are in theory due for an offensive explosion. So yeah, they're winning right now with goaltending and special teams. The penalty kill has been fantastic. The power play has been great. But at some point, if those cool down, I mean, mathematically speaking, they almost have to start scoring more goals five on five, don't they? Yeah, but I, I also go back to like I, 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 I it, it always it's relative to what this team is and who's on this team, right? Like like people are complaining now, like well, the Blackhawks, you know, like still, like I, I, I still see people upset how they're playing and and certainly see some see some of the analytics, but they're they're missing two top six centers, right? right. Like they're missing yeah. Elander. And then, and then I look on the on the flip side. It's like, yeah, they're due, but like, who's going to score? You know, like, yeah. 
like like as much as Camp and Carpenter and, and Highmore, all those guys drive possession. None of them are, are proven goal scorers. You know, like I, I think Kubalik and Debrinkit are, are certainly do bounce back seasons, and Kane can score. But you know, traditionally, Strom's never been a goal scorer. Um, you know, like Kurashev Suter, like we, we don't exactly know, but like I don't think any of these guys are thirty goal scorers, right? Like so, like some of it's that too, where like I think they can drive possession, and, they, and they're, you know, like they're, they've proven they can drive possession. I think with them more than we expected, and there's some ways that this that they're better than we expected. But at the same time, it's like also it's it's like it's not like Carpenter or Camp they're all of a sudden become twenty goal scorers, you know, like right. it, as much as the expected goals, um, like those guys, I I know their expected goal rates are higher and and. Um, so it, it's the both sides where, where Kane usually Kane's expected goals rate it's lower than what, what he actually produces and those guys are the opposite so but it, yeah I don't know like it's even now it's like uh, you know Yanmark's really like you know we, we talk about him every game and on, on the one hand you know he's scoring some goals and, and he scored on the power play yesterday um, you know just given that opportunity and, and maybe on you know traditionally probably doesn't get the chance on the power play if everyone's playing um, but on the other hand, like his his analytics are really really bad, you know. Like, his, like he's got he's, a, like, he's got a thirty six percent Corsi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the he, the scoring chances, like he's he's among the worst in the league in produce in being on the ice scoring chances for and and being the worst uh, scoring chances against. So like at some point, like it's yeah, I don't know. And and who knows? Maybe 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 the special teams holds up, the goaltender holds up, and. Um, but I, I don't think the Blackhawks are thinking still like this is I don't think Jeremy Collins like this is all this helps like his long term plans. I don't think yeah. they are expecting anything. Um, and, and still, I, I think, it, you know, if you ask them honestly, like they there are probably some negatives to making the playoffs and not getting a draft pick. And no, no question. Um, uh, and I know that like they're we're constantly asking like they're being constantly asked about the media, like I'll question you. I, I think all these guys knew what this team was too. Like it's a nice like talking point and it's a nice rallying point, but I, I think they're completely surprising themselves too. Like they they had no idea. I mean, no one had an idea who you know. Like I, I asked Suter yesterday if he knew Kevin Lincoln and was he for the season and 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 you know like he didn't and he, and he, he there was no reason for him to you know like it just um it's just the reality of this team and there and there have been a lot of unexpected performances. But um you know if you had asked any of these guys honestly before the season they have, they would have all been you know skeptical that they would have had this sort of success. Yeah, I mean, we're in the hockey upside down here. Not a lot of this is making sense. Like you said, Yanmark has some of the worst numbers in the entire league. He's got six goals in his last 10 games, though, so nobody cares. Brandon Hagel, David Kemp, these guys are, they're coursey gods right now, completely dominating possession, and they're getting blown out of the water and actual goals scored five on five. It's been uh, outscored five to one when Brandon Hagel's been on the ice at five on five. It doesn't feel that way because he's making things happen and it's fun to watch. And he's got great numbers. His expected goals is high. His course he's high. Everything's high. But they're getting waxed on the scoreboard whenever they're on the ice. So none of this makes a whole lot of sense right now. But I think your point about how it helps Colleton in the long term, that's the biggest thing. If you're losing and it sucks and everyone's miserable, it's really hard to coach a team. And this is a team that requires a lot of coaching because they're young. But when you're winning, you're like, well, shit, this guy's telling me it's working. I'm going to buy in. And that we keep hearing that. That's like the big buzzword this year from all the players, young and old, is buy in, especially Alex Dabrinkit. I think he's like on a, on a loop where he just says, buy in, buy in, buy in. <laughs> uh, that's Everyone's buying in because it's working. What they're doing for the first time under Jeremy Colleton, you're seeing tangible progress. This is a team that's not giving up a shit ton of goals every game like they have for years now. Tangible progress. Again, the goaltending has a lot to do with that. But goaltending is sustainable. 
We see goalies that are just good goalies. Corey Crawford did it for a long time. Maybe Kevin Lankinen's a good goalie. It's distinctly possible. Penalty kill is sustainable. For years, the Blackhawks had no power play, but they were winning Stanley Cups because their penalty kill was so good. The Blackhawks are built for the penalty kill. It's like 900 bottom six guys, defensive-minded guys in this team. They are made for a good penalty kill. The power play... I, it's hard to imagine power play two unit with you know some of these kind of random guys that are on it being this good uh, for the whole season, but everything else can hold up. It's possible for this team to be competitive for the rest of the season. Is that going to translate to the playoffs? Probably not. I mean, if you look at that, they're, they're the fifth team in this division right now, uh, and it's a pretty clear delineation between that top four and the bottom four. So they're in danger of that dreaded thing where you miss the playoffs and get a lousy draft pick. That's not what you want. But if you're the Blackhawks, if you're Stan Bowman and you're Jeremy Colleton, you might be willing to drop 10 spots in the draft to have the confidence and the infusion and the experience of playing a successful brand of hockey. All these young guys are taking significant steps. You know, that might be more important than getting one more guy. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, and, and I feel like it, there's still a lot of season to be played, and this is a great start. No, it's over. Then, it's over. Season's <laughs> over. They're great. <laughs> like there, there's a stretch in March where they have what Tampa and Dallas and Florida. Like it's it's all of them. Like those teams in a row. So like it, this is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I, I'm torn. Like I I think the Blackhawks fans should be excited, but I also think that it's still more about excitement for the future, right? And and it's it's it, even now. Like, I thought maybe we can we can get in some of the newcomers and rookies a little bit, and you know it was it was you know when we talked to Stan Bowman. Um, earlier this week, like we were like, well, you know, can you just run down all these guys and and, and we just story around his thoughts on those guys because there's so many newcomers and and I, I think the part that he's going to have to figure out is who who he wants to keep around, especially of the the free agents they signed and or even guys they acquired because I like yeah, Mark's interesting, but like I, you you got to be fairful at some point. Like you know, we'll see a larger sample size with their numbers stay, but you don't want to get in the situation where you're you know paying bad contracts again or or keeping guys around just because you know he's just like got it, richard it, panic written all over him doesn't he yeah and and then sidorov's a really interesting one too where like i, I you know like the, they want to work with him and um and he looks the part in certain ways but whenever he has the puck and, and certainly has when he has the puck on the stick for more than a few seconds like it it, it becomes just uh yeah it's, it's an adventure and you know like he had some blind bad you know blind backhanded pass yesterday that nearly led to a goal late and um, it's just like you need them to keep it simple, and I just you know I, I know that they've been they've been pushing it on him, and he just it doesn't seem possible yet. So I I think that Zdarov's going to be a test case for the Blackhawks because he's what they need, um, and they certainly traded a lot for him. I mean they gave Saad and, and they ate some money on Saad, and um, I, I don't think Stan Bowman wants to you know to move on from Zdarov right away, but 
Um, if the rest of the team's coming together and if, you know, like you, you may have to make some difficult decisions. And if you have some money, maybe you go spend it elsewhere. Cause I, I'm skeptical if, if Zdorov's going to fit what they need. If, if he's not more than a, a bottom pairing guy or, or, you know, he's more of a liability at times. Yeah. We asked Bowman, I, I don't think we included this in the piece, but we asked him, you know, what if, you know, Nicholas Bodin, who really wasn't necessarily that high on the radar entering the season, you know, he looks really good right now. So if you got Bodin and Mitchell and, uh, you know, uh, Boquist and Carlson and Keith and Murphy and Tahan, you know, you get, you gave up a big piece for Zadorov and you made a big stink about it that he's going to be a big part of the future. He's not signed next year. Is there any scenario where the Blackhawks say, you know what? We're not going to put a lot of money into this guy. And, and Stan kind of, he kind of waved it off. He said, look, I mean, he's a restricted free agent. As you put it, he's our property. So they can do whatever they want with him. And that's true. But, you know, you have to make a call on that because you're still looking at that window where Patrick Kane is good for a few more years here, maybe even more because he's Patrick Kane. But you, you, you still have, you know, that that in the back of your mind, well, if we can turn this thing around quickly and some of these young guys are ready earlier than we thought, which just seems to be the case, well, then you have to start thinking about not just two or three years from now, but next year also. And as Nikita Zadorov, you know, he's 25 now. He's not old, but he's not young. He's been in the mm-hmm. league a long time. He's played hundreds of NHL games. If this is all he's going to be, you have to decide whether that's a part of your future or if you'd rather have some of these other young, smaller defensemen. I know you want his size. You need his size. You can't have a whole bunch. You can't just have six, five, eleven guys out there. But you have to decide whether, you know, you don't want to have another albatross contract where this guy's just in the way of potentially better players. And you, you see how quickly some of the young guys have caught on. So I, I wonder if, if if you're almost considering, you know, signing like an Alex Vlasic who – um, you know, he's two years out, out of being a second round pick. He has that size, um, you know, a little bit raw still, but, he, you know, he's, he's starting to play some power play on, on for Boston University and Boston University. And we asked Stan about him, too, and, he, and he's pretty favorable. And, he, um, you know, like there are a lot of attributes there that you could like, especially the size. And the fact the Blackhawks are, you know, they're, they're showing their willingness to accelerate some of his defenseman prospects. Maybe a Velasic, you know, maybe a Alec Regula, someone like, like, like at some point there is going to be a threshold for how many of these small defensemen you can have on the ice together. And, um, and, and I think that was, you know, like there, there were a few different reasons they have Madison Bowie on the ice yesterday, but part of it was, I think they also wanted some of that size because all of a sudden you had Bodan and, and Mitchell and Carlson and, um, like, yeah, like you, you get fearful. I think, I think Carlton's aware of that, you know, like we probably don't want all of them out there together. And, and sometimes we need to have that size and, and, and certainly it's going to become a little bit more complicated with Boquist coming back here soon, but, um, yeah, I, I wonder if Elastic or, you know, Ragul, those guys can be in the mix. and um, But but if also, like, if Zadorov can simplify it and keep it really simple and, and do what he's doing defensively and, and obviously using his size and he can skate well, like, there's there's things you can like. I mean, I, I don't he think had, he's... He's had some good games. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's he's got some nightmare, nightmare shifts surrounded by good play, so it's hard to really pin him down just now. It's just it's 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 the puck stuff. Even yesterday, like there there are a lot of positives that were in his game. You know, like there defensively, I, I thought he was good, and and uh, it, it's just it's when the puck's on a stick that it's it you don't know where it's going to end up sometimes. And 
Um, yeah, and that's you know, like when when the games are that close, like you can't have a defenseman making those kind of errors because it because it kind of decide a game. You know, this isn't a team that's gonna, uh, especially now, isn't gonna score a whole lot of goals. So yeah, I, I think this draft's gonna be a storyline we're gonna talk about throughout the year. And um, you know, I think Carlton has a decision coming up here with uh, with Boca's coming back, and I I I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to uh, the seven defenseman look because it, it does allow him some flexibility. And I, I don't think they want to take any of those larger defensemen out, and they certainly. They want, you know, as well as Bodan's played and Mitchell and Boquist, they want all those guys playing and it's it just balancing that too. And then at some point, you know, I mean, um, you know, if I'm Carlson, I'm certainly wondering where I fit in the mix. And I know, you know, based on, at least I saw Rockford's first game that, you know, Kalanick had played really well. And, um, you know, someone who looked like he had the potential to play in the NHL sooner or later too. So uh, it, it, they're interesting issues, but but again, Kalanick's another guy who, who's not a really big defenseman. So I, I think that's where a lot of the problem lies, that the Blackhawks don't have a lot of that uh, that size uh, at the position. Yeah, and, and you'll, you know, Jeremy Carlton say the same thing that Joel Quenville does. Anytime we ask about, you know, where are you going to fit all these guys, it's a good problem to have. And he's right. There are some seasons where because of injuries, you need 10 or 11 defensemen every single year. But that's not always the case. And you do need to find spots for these guys or they're going to get disgruntled. They're going to be demanding trades. I mean, you have to find a way to juggle all these guys. And Calvin DeHaan's playing well. Connor Murphy, he missed last night's game with a hip injury, but he's been probably your best defenseman this year. You know, they're, they're parts, they're, they're, you know, Murphy's a part of the future too here. Uh, and then you got Duncan Keith and you got, you got these guys, you got solid veterans and you've got really promising young guys and there's just too many of them. I hate going 11-7, but it solves one problem there by getting a seventh guy in there. Um, it's just, it's 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 an interesting situation where you have so many people all of a sudden. This is what happens. You know, for years they had no defensemen, so they just went out and drafted 100 defensemen. And now they're all kind of graduating, and you went out and signed a couple more on top of that. And it's just too crowded right now on the blue line. Good problem to have, I suppose, but it's still a problem. I'd rather have too many than too few but it can be a problem having too many also. You have to get these guys in. And I'm mentioning they need guys like Mitchell and Boquist to develop too. Like you need those guys to become Duncan Keats, you know? Like I, I'm not I, – I think a lot of these guys have potential, but it, it's it's a problem also if you have a lot of, you know, second, third-pairing defensemen. Like eventually they need some of these guys to emerge. And, and part of the way of doing it is, is giving these guys, ice, you know, ice time and opportunity and, and have them evolve like, you know, the Kirby Doc and – and, and so I, I think that's going to be the, you know, as this year goes on, you, you would think Colleton wants to, you know, I, I think Mitchell's been better as, as time's gone on here, and I'm, I'm sure he'll get more opportunity. And, and when you look at what they've given Bodan already, um, it'll be interesting when, when Boca's come back, comes back, I, you know, it sounds like, you know, he'd like to put him back on that top unit. Do you, um, maybe they put Keith and Bodan on that second unit, but it, it would seem like it would defeat the purpose of having, you know, that, that second unit's played really well with Bodan in the power play. Do you, um, to replace him by Keith, I, I get what, why you would do that, but it also kind of defeats the purpose of the youth movement. So right. I, I think there's some a lot of those interesting things, and then it it also I mean the eleven seven makes sense because there there is a deficiency of offense, and if the more you can put Kane out there and um, you know him and DeBrinkett are getting you know playing well together, and if you know there's some shifts where he's seeing Strom and you know he's he's getting bounced around, and, and there just isn't enough offense throughout the lineup. So as long as Kane's you know capable of doing that, like it, it makes sense. You know it it may not make sense a year from now when uh, you know you 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 probably have more depth throughout the lineup but I, I think now it, it, it sort of fits what they're doing just because having Kane out there at least gives them a little bit of a scoring threat where some of those lines you put out there and you just you, you know that it's probably 
Um, you know, they may drive possession, but they're probably not going to score. You know, like I, I don't think Soderberg has a goal yet. Hagel, uh, you know, Camp. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys on the line that just, uh, you know, they have reasons to be out there, but they're they're not necessarily going to, you know, score the puck for you. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, let's get into it. We got uh, I've got a bunch of voicemails and, and emails and stuff after last night's game. Uh, Chip, you got those queued up? Hey, uh, Scott and Laz. Uh, longtime reader, first-time caller. Um, I was calling because I was wondering if there was any way, based on somebody's comment on the most recent piece that you did, um, if there's a way to run the numbers, including uh, the way the team has performed, and our missing players, just to get a sense of what the points percentage might look like or how different the outcome could be if we had, you know, talent like Doc, uh, Taves, Nylander, Boquist currently available. I don't know if that's, I, I don't know how statisticians work or how Dom does his thing or whatever, but, um, I would be really curious just to kind of get a projection even for what the team might look like, uh, you know, should there be an improbable playoff run um, and Taves and Doc are healthy by then. So, um, yeah, and also, finally, um, wondering how Bocas is doing, um, if there's any update on him. Um, I had COVID, so I'm, you know, interested in his um, recovery, obviously, in a more personal way than is just a fan. Uh, thanks, guys, for always – Sharing great content with us, you're the best. Well, Boquist is uh, he's he's at back on the active roster, so apparently he's healthy. He's going to take him some time, maybe to ramp things up. But he's skating again, so he'll be fine. But um, the first part of the question is an interesting question. I mean, are the Blackhawks in a weird, perverse way almost better off this season with Doc and Taves and Nylander out because it's created these openings? Philip Kurashev probably isn't in the NHL this year if those guys are here. You know, Brandon Hagel might not be getting a big role. I mean, it 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 sucks that you lose a year of Doc's development. There's no way to spin that as a positive. Mm-hmm. But there are guys getting top six roles that otherwise wouldn't be getting top six roles. Is this something that could pay off down the road? That's a fair question. I don't know if there's numbers to back it up, but it's a fair question. So I, yeah, I think she was also curious too. Like if you put date, you know, if you plugged Doc and Taves in, that where would they be in the standings? And I, I'm sure, you know, Dom's a bit of a magician. We we can probably ask him to put in, you know, their expected war, gar, um, those type of things. And he can, you know, I'll ask and see if he can do something. But yeah, yeah, I think what it does, like it's, uh, you know, it, it, it allows them to, um, I feel like we talked about this last week, maybe, but it just it, it allows them to figure out spots for next year. Like you don't have to go get a Soderberg or a Walmart, and I think they're going to end up walking, letting a lot of these guys walk, and maybe maybe even a Yanmark. And like you just you have some holes that you know that you can fill. Like you, it'd be nice if Hagel scored some goals for them, where you know they they can think of him more as a third line guy. 
Um, but you know, with, with Kershev, you know, you can probably, you know, he's probably another top nine guy. He can probably move up the lineup if you need him to, but it's, it's one more guy you don't have to go find in free agency or, or you know, trade. So I, I think, you know, I think those are the key parts of those guys being able to play. Um, and then when top, you know, when Taves and, and Doc, whenever they come back that you, you plug them back into top scrolls and all of a sudden you have a deeper lineup. And so I, I think some of that'll help them in, uh, in free agency in this off season, if they can be more exact to what they, what they need to fill. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd be curious. We'll have to, we'll throw in a by Dom, see if he can plug in numbers and if he can kind of tell us maybe, um, you know, if we replaced, uh, you know, whomever with whomever that we can, uh, what, what sort of projection they would get as a team. I think Dom just makes it all up because he knows that we're not smart enough to catch him on it. That's fine. Whatever he does, I'm, I'm all good <laughs> with it. So, all right, what's next? Hey, fellas. Um, thanks for keeping me out there and all things Blackhawks. I am what they call a casual hockey fan. So basically, I tap into the Hawks when they're good. <laughs> Last year, got my heart broken when I realized I had spent a lot of nights staying up late, and the Hawks weren't actually very good. Then I was able to come back with the bubble. This year, I tapped out pretty quickly. <laughs> now all of a sudden, I'm looking down at the standings, and uh, they're back at it. Uh, I know it probably won't last, but I want to know if you guys can offer up some insights on three or four things that a casual fan like me should know. To, to be able to hop back into the action. Thanks, guys. Bye. I like an admitted Fairweather fan. He's, he, he knows himself. He's, he's got some good <laughs> self-awareness there. Um, I don't blame people that might have – if you're not a hardcore fan for Tap Night after those first two or three games, it was ugly. And yeah. I know Scott Scott and I were having plenty of conversations like, oh, my God, what the hell are we going to write about this year? This is going to be <laughs> brutal. But, uh, you know, it, it's – it's it's goaltending, it's special teams, and it's young guys. I mean, that's the whole story, right? Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I, yeah it's, I think it's the young guys are what it's. I think it's really interesting for me is because these are the guys that you. Uh, again, I'm not sure this. You know, whatever whatever sort of success they have this season, it's gravy on top. But it's they, they know they're not contending for a cup this year. But if if you have the Kurashevs and the Hagels and uh, you know, I, I, especially the defenseman and then now a goaltender possibly. I mean, these are the ingredients to. Uh, to winning a cup and um you know the blackhawks need to figure out some cap stuff and and, and balance the budget and you know there's a question about taves future and, and seabrooks and um you know you have a lot of money there but um i think they're you know they're pieces to have some hope again for the blackhawks the blackhawks future and you know this going into this year the goaltending was such a unknown and the fact that you have someone who's emerged and, and played as well as he has i mean lincoln is um you know he's really been the story and um, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I thought, I thought Colin Delia was going to be the guy, you know, based on it. And, and now Delia is the one that's, you know, the outside looking in and, and Subban's had a couple of games. So, you know, whenever they want to give Lincoln a break, you know, Subban's going to be the guy for now. So it's, uh, it, it's definitely played out, you know, differently than I thought in a lot of people, but yeah, I, I think there's, you know, you know, um, come on back. There's, there's reason to tune in, tune in again, and and at least uh, you know maybe not live and die with wins or losses because I, I think there's some losses coming still and some probably some close games. But um, you know, just pointing to the future that there's uh, there's some optimism for the Hawks again. Yeah, we can't guarantee this is the 2007 2008 Blackhawks the start of something huge again. But it's fun right now, and uh, it's been a while since it's been fun, so you might as well enjoy it. I think we got one or two left. Hey guys, I uh, appreciate the content this year. Um, Hawks are fun to watch. This has been a really good stretch. Um, obviously, it, it can't be sustainable, though. You can't expect a rookie to be – or the rookie goaltenders to be playing this well every night. Um, 
the power play is unreal, as you, as you said in your article. You know, the penalty kill is, is dominant. Um, it's not sustainable, so I'm wondering in the context of uh, this team's development in the future and, uh, you know, getting back to being truly competitive, what are maybe two things that you guys think um, are, are mo- the most important things that this team has done to this stretch um, that you can take seriously and maybe aren't just a product of they're hot right now? Nice. I think the efforts one. I mean, we're, we're talking about a culture, and and I, you know, like it's it's a lot of buzzwords, but I, I feel like there's there's a lot of buy-in. I, I again going back to that, but I, I think you know the young guys are, um, you know, like they're excited right now. They're they're getting some points, and you know they're invested and they're, and they're playing pretty well. And and I think it's it's you know for the older guys, it's the same thing where it's you know like they, I'm sure that they were cautiously like you know like let's come to the season, let's let's be role models and you know Keith and Kane those guys all said the right things but they also had to have some pet pessimism about how the season was going and and I think if you lose those guys it, it's a little bit holder, harder to hold on to that room so I, I think you know just being competitive you know regardless if they get wins or losses I, I think that's again it's a building block for for the future and you know like they keep on um, you know, shoring up the defense, like the numbers still aren't amazing, you know, like the, the high danger chances have come down a little bit, and, and I think they've been a little bit better in their zone, um, and you would think some of these younger guys maybe start picking up on the, you know, the system a little better again, like I see someone like Mitchell, who's who's gotten better already from game one, and, you know, like that's that that's big for them, like he's gonna be a piece, you know, like I, he's he's a key piece, and, and Boquist, honestly, you know, the offense probably wasn't there, and I, and I know Bowman mentioned this too when we talked to him, that um, you know, the offense isn't where they want it to be, but, you know, analytically, defensively, he'd been pretty stable from the start, too, so I think when Boquist comes back, and if you can get those guys playing, like, those are all, uh, you know, those are all positives, and, and you know, you're going to have to live with, like you, like the caller said, like, some there's going to be some highs and lows, you know, Lincoln may go through a stretch, and or, or these rookies might go through a stretch, but, um, I think Carlton's, you know, he's focused on the big picture. So it's maybe he'll sit a guy or, or maybe it's, you know, benching a guy. But I, I think they want these guys playing again pretty consistently and, and trying to, you know, Doc was a pretty good model for them where it was some highs and lows. Um, and he comes out at the other end and, and they're giving him, you know, by the playoffs come, he, he's playing more, you know, pl- more five on five ice time than Taves and he's on the top unit. So, you know, by the end of the season, you can see that evolution. I, I think the whole process is, is worth it. Yeah, what he said. I agree. Last one. Hey, guys. Ian in the UK here. We're all massive fans of Jonathan Taves. But I was just wondering what you thought of the fact that Jonathan Taves' absence means that Colleton has been allowed to stamp his own mark on the new Chicago Blackhawks. How much has Taves and, to a lesser extent, Seabrook's absence meant that this is now Colleton's team? You know, I, I've I've heard this question come up on Twitter a few times now, and it's an interesting it's an interesting idea. I mean, there's no question that Taves and Seabrook they suck a lot of oxygen out of that room. They are the two most vocal, most respected, you know, in a lot of ways, guys in that room. They're the leaders. That's the captain and the number one alternate captain in everyone's mind. I don't think that they were getting in the way of Colleton's. Uh, uh, you know, putting his stamp on the team. I think that's too harsh to say. I don't think it's a quote-unquote good thing they're not there. But there is something to be said for um, when you remove two huge voices like that, you know, you got to fill that vacuum and Colleton's presence maybe takes on a larger role than these guys that have been here forever and predate even Colleton. So it's an interesting idea. 
I, I think it's becoming trendy among Blackhawks fans to think about this. I don't think you're better off not having Jonathan Taves around, not by any stretch. And Brent Seabrook's still around. He's around the team a lot. He's in the locker room. You know, he's still a presence there. So I don't think those guys were getting in the way of Jeremy Colleton these last couple of years. Uh, first off, I want Ian to read me a book, and I'd like for him to do ASMR because I found that really relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think there's something to it, you know. Like, like Taves is probably their best. You know, he, he's the best at faceoffs. He's best at PK. Um, you know, like there's a lot of areas. You know, defensively, when you look at, I went through some of the numbers yesterday comparing. You know, like who was on the ice for last year for high danger chances against, and um, and a lot of the guys that you know defensively that were probably some of the spots. You know, were, were, were Taves and Sot. You know, some of the guys who had some of the worst numbers, Gustafson and Gilbert and Seabrook. Like they, they've got not they've gotten rid of those guys, but some of those guys that really troubled them defensively last year aren't, aren't playing. So um, I, I think some of the the plays reflection of maybe Seabrook and, and a little bit of Taves. Um, I think Taves can play the right way. Like there, there's, it's not that you know. Like it just, um, sometimes it just defensively, it just it wasn't there. But he, he certainly was still driving offense. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like at times Taves was on on the same page as Colton. Other times it was um, like he he probably made Colton's job a little bit more difficult. Just with, you know, like his his frustration with the process and frustration with how they're playing, and, and it's hard for him really to to eat that and swallow that. So um, you know. I, and I, I think Seabrook's, you know, again, he's a positive presence in the room and all those things. But I, I think the fear this year was whether he was going to be a distraction, whether he, you know, whether he was playing or not, he was a healthy scratch. And, and it certainly would complicate this uh, defenseman depth, you know, situation some more. So um, I, I get it. And I, I think there is something to it to, to some extent. But, um, you know, I, I think especially in the case of Caves, it, Taves, they'd rather have him playing than, than not because I think this is a better team with him. And, and, and as long as he's, you know, doing what he does and his voice like there's there's so many positives to take from Taves still and that he can help the 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 young players and it, it certainly would you know help them on and off the ice too so um again yeah like you said it, it's definitely something that fans have latched on to and, and and I get it and I and I do think there's something there but it's uh, probably not as as big as they've made it either and obviously we should touch on Taves and Seabrook Seabrook is you know he's, he's skating off and on but it doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon you know it's it's uh, it, it, yeah, on the one hand, it creates you know, openings for young guys, which is a good thing in the long run. But, you know, he worked really, really hard to get back to that level. And he was close over the summer. And it's got to be eating him up inside that he, you know, a day or two before training camp opens, he can't get in. Uh, as for Taves, it's the status quo. Nobody really knows what's going on. Uh, they're not withholding any information from us. And uh, until they know what's going to happen, we're not going to know what's going to happen. So uh, all I could say is Twitter speculation is both stupid and useless. Um, it, it could be act actively harmful and I would, uh, avoid it at all costs. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's just, obviously there's something there. Just, it's, it's, I mean, his, his privacy trumps everything here, you know, like even if we have something and, you know, it's up to him to reveal whatever or, or say anything or the Hawks. So yeah, I, I, I know that people, you know, want to know things and are surprised that nothing's leaked out, but, um, we're not breaking any stories here unless, you know, the Taves or Blackhawks or say something because it's, it's just it's not fair to anyone and, and, and just not right. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think we're both on the same page with this. So uh, we had uh, we had some emails, too, right? Yeah, I don't think we have time to get to all of them. Uh, but is there, let's, uh, let's, let's sit on a couple of people took the time. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. 
<laughs> right. I, I, I want to encourage the emails and phone calls since we were lacking them early on. Um, this is from Matt Volk. Uh, when do you think the Hawks will waive Delia or Subban so they can put him on the taxi squad? They need the salary cap savings, and it isn't like either of them will be claimed. Yeah, they will. Um, are you yeah. crazy? Yeah, they'll be claimed. Do you have how how valuable goaltenders are this day and age when you got guys that everyone's playing three of them and the the first week of the season was nothing but goaltender roulette? There's no way they'll waive either of those guys. There's no way. Well, it depends. Like, like if someone claims them, they have to keep them on the initial roster. So like they wouldn't be able to assign them to the taxi squad. So there's a possibility. Um, I, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to risk that. And, and the cap savings they don't really need since they're already in the LTIR and it's not. And these guys uh, make like, like they, have, they, they don't make a lot of money either. Yeah, there's nothing to that. If anything, the only reason they they could potentially do it with Delia is if they want him playing in Rockford, um, and it, it probably isn't worth the risk to, to lose him that easily. Or, or like you, I I think he's gonna play at some point because they want to figure out if he's if there's something there. And I mean, he's still signed for another year too. And I mean, he he's got a million dollar contract and. Um, he's not killing you cap wise, but I, I think the Blackhawks want to figure out what their golden, you know, like, I don't think, I, I think they like where Lincoln is at and I, uh, they certainly like the way Subban's trending, but it's I, a few I, weeks. I, I, it's just a few weeks. You can't, you know, yeah. they need, they need more time to evaluate than just a few weeks. Uh, this is Paul from Paul Silder, 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 sure. Silver, sure. Uh, how much credit does Jimmy Waite deserve for the emergence of Lincoln and, and to a lesser extent Subban? What's his reputation throughout the league? Um, yeah, you know, I wrote that about that early in the season, and and, and Waite was certainly excited about the the prospect of working with you know new goaltenders. He had, you know when he when he joined the NHL coming from uh, from you know he'd come from the OHL or I, I remember he was from the Q, um, but you know he took over for his brother Steph, and um, he he his first you know like Corey Crawford was his first goalie, and he, and he certainly worked with some of the other guys, but this was a new project, so. Um, I, I think there's some credit there. I mean, Lincoln and Subban, these are all older older goalies too. And, and Wade said, you know, when I talked to him that he didn't want to change anything. They want to tweak stuff. So I, I think there's, you know, Wade deserves some credit and, and, and they're certainly making adjustments. Um, and Peter Aubrey and Rockford deserve some credit too. He's, he's, yeah, he, for sure. He yeah. worked with Lincoln in all last year. So, you know, the, the Blackhawks has some really good, you know, goaltending coach talent. The best thing about having, you know, goaltender coaches is they don't become head coaches. So it's not like, you know, if you have a great defensive coordinator in football, that guy's going to become a head coach the next year. Jimmy Waite's not going to be a head coach in this league. He's a goalie coach. He does one thing and he does it really, really well. And uh, there's no reason to worry. You don't have to worry about, you know, maybe Peter Aubrey gets a job. That's something to consider. But uh, Jimmy Waite, uh, there's no reason to think he's going anywhere. And he, he seems to be working magic year after year. Uh, Michael Chudikoff kind of asked a question about Taves that we answered. There's a question from Vance. Is the play of... The rookies indicative of the uh, the benefit of not rushing guys to the NHL. I think there's a perception that unless a guy gets drafted and steps in the NHL within a year or two, that they are destined to be a fringe player. Should examples like Kirby Doc to be to be, be far more the exception? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, usually if you get stuck in Rockford or something like that, it's it's you know for many years it's a bad thing. Like I mean, Hagel was was there for one year, Kurashev for one year. Um, like I, I think the AHL can be a stepping stone, but you probably don't want there. You know, like it's a little bit different when like Keith and Jarmelson, those guys are coming up and they, they had multiple years in in Rockford. You know, you you look at the guys who've come through the uh, the American League on the in the Blackhawks roster. There, you know, even guys like Camp didn't spend much time there. Maybe it was a season or so. And you know, Bodan one season. You know, Mitchell Mitchell probably won't ever play in Rockford. 
uh, bulk was just a handful of games. So um, I, I think there's something positive about the development process, and and, and certainly guys can. I, there's a lot of you know I'm actually going to write about something in the coming weeks about the you know what they're doing in Rockford developmentally, but. Um, I don't necessarily think you want a guy. I mean, you look at other examples like, you know, Sakara and stuff. I mean, he's still, uh, he's in Vegas is, uh, you know, AHL team. I don't think you necessarily want those guys. Like you can develop in the American league and you, you don't want to say when someone's uh, journey ends, but um, it's usually not a great thing when someone's down there for too long. So, um, you know, it can be a stepping stone, but it, it's, there's probably a limited amount of time that you want someone there yeah it is 100 percent. you become one of those dreaded tweeners and you're that you're, you're that forever so um if you have a voicemail you want to call us and leave a voicemail it's 714-759-4529 that's 714-759-4529 or you can email us at lazandpowers at gmail.com you can send us an audio file that gives us much better audio quality than even the phone so that's a good way to do it um and uh, yeah, keep keep it coming because it uh, gives us something more to talk about. And then if you can get a uh, there's a subscription deal through the podcast as well on the Athletic. It's three dollars three ninety nine a month. And if you go to theathletic.com/slash/lazenpowers, you can find that there. Um, and uh, I think we'll be back on Monday next week, and hopefully every Monday from from there on out. And yeah, certainly so, a lot more games coming. Leave your voicemails over the weekend. That's the best time to do it because it'll be fresh that way. Yep. Sounds good. For uh, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Laz and Powers. Take care. I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try?